TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Everybody to another edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. Paul Savage will be in in hour number two to make some picks. Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, The Giant, will be in. Uh, we're expecting an hour number two as well uh, to talk about the big AEW show coming here to Wichita soon. Speaking of that, we'll try to give away some tickets there to that AEW show today. We'll also... Give away some Wichita Thunder hockey tickets. We'll give away some HTO today. It's all coming to you on the IHOP hotline at 869-1240. IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle topped with four crispy chicken strips tossed in spicy Nashville hot sauce. If you're listening to us over the air, we appreciate it. If you're watching us on our video streams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, we appreciate it. It looks a little different today. Uh, I'm actually in studio. Jad and I were talking before the air be the first time I've been in studio for a Sports Daily in a little while. I have the home, you know, studio set up. And uh, so, like, things aren't where I have them. It'll be uh, it'll be fun here. Uh, and it's a different look, certainly, as we've got a wide shot, I think. I can't see the I can't see the video straight. It's going to be real wide with Paul White coming in here uh, because he's, you know, he's the giant. He is a giant. And, I mean, Tommy, I had to come in. I've... I've got my Mickey Blaze gear. I got to size him up. See if he wants any of that smoke from Mickey Blaze. Yeah, I, I was wondering uh, where the luchador mask was. Are you wearing the tights? You got the tights on? I, I'm I'm 99 sure my wife threw those away. So my wife what? has this thing where she, if she doesn't approve of something, like she just throws it away. Like I had, an, I had, she threw away my speedo. I'm pretty sure she threw away my wrestling tights. Like all the things that I could use to thoroughly embarrass her, she just throws it away and and then I'm like where where is that and she's like I, well I don't know and I'm you know I put things like I'm not OCD but I always put things back in the same place so I know where they are like I, I know I would put them there so probably thrown away if I had to guess but she hasn't got to all my gear I've still got my shirt still got some some swag back from those days so we'll, we'll see how that goes we'll see if uh we'll see we'll see what the big show thinks or, or Paul White I think is is he just goes by his name now in AEW but we're looking forward to that that'll come uh, he's former Wichita State basketball player, so there'll be uh, some local stuff to talk to him about, which we're we're excited to do. Hopefully, he's able to get over here and spend a, a decent amount of time with us. But we'll have some fun either way. Uh, we got to get ready for a big football weekend today. Uh, we've got the Chiefs, obviously, in a rivalry game. Hasn't been much of a rivalry the last decade or so. That's coming on Sunday. We've got K State and KU, both with homecoming games. 
on Saturday. Uh, so a lot to rip through. We'll have the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, on with us in the next segment. Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm ready for the weekend. Going to be a busy one. Uh, just a lot going on. Hockey, we've got uh, uh, three games in, in three nights this weekend, starting tonight at Interest Bank Arena. So Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, it's going to be pretty busy. Are those all at Interest this weekend? They are, back to back to back. Wow, okay. Well, we'll have an opportunity for you to win some tickets to uh, the hockey. We'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. Thursday night football, we got the World Series beginning tonight. Uh, we, we can get into that maybe if we have time. But the Thursday night football last night is typically where we quickly peruse on a Friday. Uh, but we also have a couple stories we do want to cram in here today on a very, 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 very busy Friday. Uh, there is some chatter on the new, you know, proposed Kansas City ballpark, and we haven't touched on this, and this may just have to keep getting pushed until next week, this Michigan story and the scouting and the, you yeah. know, the cheating and all that stuff. So uh, let's quickly hit Thursday night football, and then we can spend some time on that ballpark. I, it, was, uh, it was a decent game last night. It took Tampa a while to get things going offensively, but, the, you know, they had a shot with the Hail Mary. You remember that teaser bet we talked about yesterday of giving the points, uh, giving the Bucks a little extra points and teasing that under down? Well, I did that, and it paid. You know, that plus, plus money, so that was nice. They would have hit the – they would have hit – they covered the spread either way, but they would not have hit that over. Tommy, they would have they missed it by a point. It was, I think, at 43, and they, of course, got to 42, but teased down, it did fine. So that was, that was fun. Uh, Mike Evans was held down. I think a lot of people probably lost a little money there, at least that I was talking to, but Buffalo – Came in, they said they wanted to stop Mike Evans. They did stop Mike Evans, and they looked pretty good at home. Buffalo is not, though, Tommy, that dominant force that they were. I guess the question for them becomes, can they be by the end of the season? Like, Can, can they overcome all these injuries and get back to that point? I think they can, and I think that last night was the start of that. I mean, if you lose that game, you fall back to 500 in a division that's that's pretty stout with the Dolphins and even the Jets kind of hanging around in there a little bit. So that was a critical game for the Bills to get back on track, move to 5-3 and three in the division. If they can kind of hold serve for a while as they get healthier, then yeah, I absolutely think that they can get back to the Buffalo that we're all, all used to seeing over the last couple of years. And really, they did it in a variety of ways. I mean, Josh Allen on the ground ran pretty well, had a touchdown run uh, that was pretty nifty. And so that was helpful for sure uh, on a night where, you know, Gabe Davis had a, a solid game also. Um, so, you know, they did it in a variety of ways. James Cook was good. He wasn't great last night, but he didn't need to be great against the Buccaneers defense. And, and really, altogether, they were able to get it done. On the other side with the Bucks. you know, I thought they had a pretty solid showing. Baker looked pretty good. Uh, I think that, you know, in in that kind of game, you can look at what he did. And even if Mike Evans, you know, doesn't have a, a solid game, Chris Godwin is still there. So he's got great weapons. I thought he looked fine and good enough to where I think Buccaneers fans can continue to feel okay, at least about Baker being your quarterback moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He, he, he was dancing around a little bit. I thought he was okay. I thought he was all right. I, I think, and they just don't, they're not going to have He a, certainly wasn't bad Baker that we've seen no, the last couple of weeks. No, but he, but he does hold on to the ball too long. And, and, you know, I, Tampa's an interesting team. I, I still don't, like, I don't watch that game and think Tampa can't win the division. I still think that they can, but he's, they've got to figure out a way to get the ball out a little quicker with him. I don't think they're going to be able to run it. I don't think the way, you know, from, 
from stuff I listened to and people that pay close attention to the line, it sounds like you know they did they did a lot of work on that line and it's done a really good job in pass protection, but it's apparently terrible running the ball. And we're seeing that like they just cannot run the ball, uh, but they can throw it around. And Rashad White had seven catches, of course, in that game. Uh, but you know it, it it's they're going to be fine. I think, they, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. The bigger questions surround Buffalo, and Buffalo did a nice job. They 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 were in control of that game most of the way through. And you know, quite frankly, with all the injuries, I thought their defense showed itself well. I don't, you know, can you get improvement out of a you know banged up unit like that? Probably so, probably so. Uh, but you know, not not it's not going to be what it could have been. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I think that, you know, considering basically how decimated they've been injury-wise, you know, it's hard to expect the world out of a Buffalo team. But again, you know, if they can get wins like they did last night and just kind of hang around there while they wait for those reinforcements to come back, I think they'll be just fine. All right, let's take our first break a little early today because we've got Wyatt Thompson to come on and preview K-State's big game this weekend. Uh, they, they've got to take care of business because Texas looms. Uh, so we'll get into that with Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats, coming up. Uh, we will get into this Royal Stadium uh, story as you've got the mayor of Kansas City chiming in. And, you know, if you're a Kansas resident, perk your ears up a little bit. We'll get into all that. 869-1240 is the number on that IHOP hotline. On that hotline, right after this, will be Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Getting Wyatt Thompson uh, on board here in just a minute or so. Um, Tommy, you, you've got – Are you, you're you in Lawrence this week? Are you going to the KU game, right? I am, yeah, going to KU Oklahoma, leaving bright and early tomorrow morning. Are you going to bundle up? It's going to be miserable out there. Yeah, it's not going to be fun uh, as far as the weather is concerned. I mean, I, I looked at that this morning. I think we're looking at like a high of 45 and windy and rainy. So, I mean – it's not going to be pleasant, but I mean, hey, that's like late fall football weather, right? Yeah, except like I, I don't know that I'm quite ready for this. Uh, we've got, you know, like uh, some sleet potentially. I got to cover up like the backflow. Like it is a little, it's going to be a little shocking to the system. But, you know, look, K-State's going to have to deal with it too. And uh, as we look forward to the Wildcats, let's bring in the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, we were just talking about the weather and how it's going to be a little different than what we've been used to with really weather not being a factor in any game that I can remember this year, but it will be. I, I, how much is that, you know, sort of on the radar, for lack of a better term, for everybody uh, up there in Manhattan this weekend? You know, the truth is the weather has changed. It is much more windy and, and colder, and they're talking about some precipitation tomorrow. But even in the last few hours, um, I, I think they've pushed the the precipitation back a little bit later in the morning. So I think it will have an effect. You know how that works. I mean, <laughs> Even when you live here and you're used to four seasons of weather, you it takes a little bit of time to get used to that uh, brisk north wind, I'll say. I just walked across over to the uh, uh, sixth floor of the, of the facility where I do the games, uh, visiting with the media relations guys, and that wind was cold. 
So it's it's certainly going to be a factor. And then if you put any kind of precip on top of that, you know, last week I, I was talking to Kevin Eschenfelder, the play-by-play voice at Houston yesterday. Last week they played in 92-degree weather mm. with the humidity at about 65%. That's going to be a little different for them <laughs> here tomorrow morning, don't you think? Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be uh, going to be brutal uh, tomorrow. I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm certainly not ready for it myself. But, uh, hey, you know, Wyatt, I definitely I feel like a broken record because I know every week we talk about you know, what, what's going to happen at quarterback with Avery Johnson and Will Howard, and, and how's that all going to play out? And really, last week for the Wildcats, it played out basically to perfection with Chris Kleiman and Colin mm-hmm. Klein using both of those guys. And, you know, it's been kind of a topic of conversation all week long. The, the way that they handled both of those quarterbacks in the game a week ago against TCU in dominant fashion, if that's something that can be duplicated, the Wildcats may have something special here. That's pretty well said. I, I I do not disagree with you in any way, shape, or form. I don't know that you could have asked for much more from that perspective of the game last week than what you got. Um, you start both guys, yes, in a little bit of a weird way, uh, where you put Avery, you know, wide left in the formation, run him on a jet sweep, and he picks up four yards. But you know, first possession will, second possession Avery, and on and on down the line, and and you look at what happened they scored on their first four possessions and scored on seven of nine possessions on the night uh 343 rushing yards and they were a big part of that i think coach Kleiman felt like one of the real big factors in the game both of those guys and their ability to run really kind of opened it up for jace brown the freshman receiver and opened it up a little bit too for those two running backs who are playing really pretty well right now, and both are healthy, and D.J. Giddens and um, Treshawn Ward. So uh, <laughs> I don't think that we're going to see a whole lot different tomorrow. I could be wrong, but I, I think they'll at least kind of start that way. And I, I get why it's a topic of conversation, because we've said this you know, many, many times. Avery's a special talent. you got to get him on the field. But, but Will has his value, too, and I thought he played one of his better games last week. I'm not sure how you felt about that, but I thought he was pretty darn good. I, I did, too, and I think it's interesting because, you know, in a, a lot of time when we get two quarterback situations, it's like one can run and one can throw. And I think the reason I, I loved the idea of this is because both of these guys can do both things. So, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, Will Howard's in there now. The defense has got to get ready, you know, for a pass situation because he'll run on them too, which is what he did last weekend. I do wonder, though, if the weather stays poor and we all know wind is the great, you know, is the greatest impact on, on the passing game. It's not, you know, anything but, you know, rain or anything else like that. It's wind. If that inclines K-State to need to run the ball more, do you think that impacts the rotation of the quarterbacks at all as they're, you know, according to Chris Kleiman, making the game plan up until tonight, basically? Well, that's a, that's a pretty interesting uh, subject from my perspective. But, but I guess what I would say, that the short answer is, is I don't really think it will affect it very much at all. I just feel these guys are, are locked in on, on what they want to do. Uh, they want to see both guys. Um, wind or not, they are going to try to run the football, uh, which is what they've really done in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and I think it was easier last week, like I said, because of the quarterback run game. But, I mean, they also were able to stretch the field with Jace Brown, and I can't stress enough how big that is too. 
if you saw the game, I think you saw, you know, a wide receiver for K-State make a big difference in the game for the first time this year. He was really good, and I I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's going to start tomorrow night and for the foreseeable future. Um, now if you can get some of those other guys, you know, like Phillip Brooks and, um, you know, I, I'm not sure about the availability of, of um, Keegan Johnson. I think he's a little bit iffy, probably be a game-time decision, but R.J. Garcia will be available. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But, again, long answer, I know, but I don't think it will affect their game plan and or either guy that much because they're, they're used to playing in it, frankly. White, I asked Tim Fitzgerald this question yesterday. I want to get your perspective on it, too. It's one thing when you're looking at, you know, the, the way that Avery Johnson plays versus the way that Will Howard plays and, you know, how that impacts the overall offensive game plan. But if you're a member of that offense, whether you're a skill player or on the line, do you, from your perspective, do you think those guys have to adjust their own play depending on who the quarterback is at any given time? I think that's another really good question. Um, I, I guess my first reaction would be there's probably not a lot of difference between the two. Now, there's differences, you know, in, in style of how they play, but how it affects everybody else, I don't think there's a whole lot. And it's interesting that you ask that because I've asked a couple of guys that, well, actually more than that, probably a handful of guys that this week, is, is there a real big difference? And all of them said, no, not really. Um, I, I think when when it gets right down to it, you know, you have to, you know, take care of your assignment and, you know, who's at quarterback probably isn't going to, you know, really do a whole lot to change that part of it. Again, their skill sets are different. But I don't think if, if you're, say, if you're the left tackle, I don't think it's going to make a lot of difference if you're KT Leviston, whether Will is in the game or whether Avery's in the game, honestly. All right, let's, I mean, the other side of the ball on, it, we love to see the quarterbacks play that way, but the defense was the story, I thought, last week against TCU. Um, I, that, that, and that has been the bigger question to me, too, is, how, is the defense mm-hmm. going to be good enough for K-State to potentially play themselves back into a Big 12 championship game. Well, you told us last week, Wyatt, that you thought this group was improving quite a bit, you know, from, you know, game to game. And and I think that that proof was in the pudding last week. Is that something that continues? How real was that performance, do you think? Well, I think it was very real. And and I, I think they are continuing to get better. Uh, and not just the secondary. I, I think it's 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 virtually everybody. They've they've had to do some interesting things. You know, when when Daniel Green went down, we all know that. And 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 because they go from a a sixth year senior to a freshman as the starter, and then the freshman gets hurt, and then you've got a third starting linebacker <laughs> through seven games in there. Uh, so there's there's been some tweaking going on. But I, I really like the consistency of the defensive front. And really, it's basically a four-man rotation, a defensive end. Now, certainly, you know, it'd be fair to say that Cody Stufflebean and, and, and probably Nate Matlack aren't getting the, the reps as the first two guys. And from the nose guard position, Banks and Eli Leo aren't getting what Uso gets. But they're really – you don't see a lot of drop-off. I think that's the real – 
real key, which tells you those guys are all doing what they're supposed to be doing. You're getting really good linebacker play from Desmond Purnell and, and Austin Moore. And and I said this last week, and we talked about it quite a bit. You know, it's it's such a difference-making thing when Jacob Parrish is in there and is healthy. But in addition to that, I, I mean, I think we've seen – this is, again, my opinion. Maybe not everybody would agree with it, but I think we've seen that other spot get better with Keenan Garber. Um, I love his ability to run and to cover, and I think he's kind of just, you know, with reps, uh, he's just getting better. He, he'd been a receiver really the whole time he'd been here until late last fall. So he's still, even though he's been here a long time, it, it's still somewhat new to him. Having Will Lee back certainly helps. Um, but really for me, the two guys in that secondary that maybe we don't talk about enough, that I think both are playing really, really well right now is Kobe Savage um, and, and Marquise Siegel. Marquise is really just rock solid. Um, I think Coach Kleiman raved about him from the time he walked in here and saw him practice for the first time and his approach and how he does things. So, there, there's good quality people there. Uh, it's just getting everybody on the same page and when they flip those two positions with, with Kobe and BJ, it certainly helped BJ too. Wyatt, it was a really interesting game uh, a week ago with Houston and Texas. The, the Cougars had more first downs, more yards passing, more total offense and more third down conversions than the Longhorns uh, only lost by a touchdown. But I mean, this is a Houston team that, you know, I think there are a little bit of unknowns with them, but at the same time, uh, I mean, it was pretty impressive a week ago what they did with Texas. What are some things that the Wildcats can take away from that matchup a week ago that Houston had against Texas? Well, I think you better be really impressed with how they fought after being down early 21 to nothing. They are, and, and maybe I didn't finish the thought there uh, about the K-State defense. Tomorrow will be a much different challenge for the Wildcat defense than what we saw last Saturday night from my perspective. And if it's nothing else it's than this, it's the, the threat of quarterback run game. We've talked about how that changed K-State's look. It certainly has the ability to change Houston's look. And I think that Donovan Smith is playing at a pretty high level. He's 16 touchdowns to four picks. He's at like 67% completion rate. He's more common pool in the pocket. He doesn't run a lot, but boy, does it create issues with the threat of that, and he can also throw on the run. This will be, I think, a lot different uh, scenario there. Now, with that said, maybe it won't be quite as difficult if, A, K-State does what they did last week in the run game and has, you know, 38 minutes time of possession and those kind of things. So there are variables in this. But you have to be concerned about that and the fact that they fought back and the fact that they have pretty good personnel, including a pro left tackle and maybe a first-round pick. They do have some skill. Their issue has been defense. And that's the other factor going on here. They did a little change last week um, schematically. It helped them not give up shock plays to Texas. And if you're not giving up shock plays to Texas, that to me says that you have some capabilities. I'm very anxious to see what they they bring to the table uh, tomorrow. Um, Dana's been here before. Donovan Smith has been here before. I I think to some degree that is an advantage uh, 
because this place will be hopping, even as it's going to be chilly and what have you, as we talked about. But um, being here once, it certainly would help you. They're, I don't think they're great by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want to overblow them, but I think they do have some capabilities, especially offensively. And if there was, you know, threat of overlooking them before, there certainly won't be now after what they did last week. All right, Wyatt, uh, what is coming up on the broadcast? It's homecoming, uh, right? Do you guys have any special plans for the broadcast, which, by the way, begins everybody at 9 a.m. Wake up early with the Wildcats tomorrow. I don't know that we necessarily have anything uh, special uh, for homecoming. Uh, They've got, you know, the big day today with the, with the parade and the pep rally tonight, I'll be there at the pep rally to introduce and interview coach Kleiman briefly looking forward to that, of course, but in the, in the pregame show, I'm really um, anxious to, for everybody to hear the player interviews this week. I, I had a set down with uh, Carver Willis, who's uh, the Wildcats right tackle. You know, he's really, I don't know that he gets enough um, run on this start of the year for Christian Duffy at the right tackle. And, and frankly, even by his own admission, didn't play well in the first couple of games. Uh, fact, played probably pretty poorly. But now Duffy is back, and he's continuing to start. I think that says a lot about how much he's improved, so we'll visit with him. The other guy that I had a chance to talk to is, is a guy who I really appreciate for just how tough and smart he is, is Jake Griffin. Uh, Jason plays, as you probably know, he's all the cats. Started as middle linebacker the other night. He, he plays all three linebacker positions. Really neat guy. So that kind of highlights it for, from my perspective. And can't wait for this game, man. After, after the last couple of weeks, I think the Cats feel good about who they are and what they are and where they're headed. And got to go out and do it again. All right, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. You'll hear the coverage beginning at 9 a.m. right here on KFH, home of Wildcat Athletics. Wyatt, we appreciate it. Have a good call. Uh, And we'll talk again next week ahead of what we hope will be a very, very pivotal game for the Cats this season. I'm hoping the same thing, but great, great visiting with you guys. I appreciate it. There goes Wyatt Thompson. If you're headed up for the homecoming festivities, as he mentioned there, uh, check out uh, his interview tonight with Chris Kleiman at the pep rally. All right, let's uh, let's get ready here for a final segment. We'll get into this Royal Stadium talk. It's getting pretty interesting. An article out yesterday will sort of. We'll try to give some perspective on it and and the reaction to it about the actual cost of the stadium potentially being much higher. That's a little bit deceiving, but we'll we'll get into, you know, the reasons that's being said and all that. Uh, On the way out, Tommy, let's give away some Wichita Thunder hockey. You guys have a ton of games coming up. What do we have for people? Yeah, we do. We got a lot of games this weekend kicking off tonight at Interest Bank Arena. Uh, We're going to give you a four-pack of tickets to the game tonight taking on the Cincinnati Cyclones at 7.05. All right, there you go. We'll do it to the first caller on that IHOP hotline. Jad will get us a winner. Family four-pack of tickets to the Wichita Thunder tonight. Good luck, everybody. We'll come back. We'll talk about this new ballpark up in Kansas City and how it pertains to Kansas potentially next. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Primetime NFL games from Westwood One, available live for free right here on KFH and on the Odyssey app. Tune in to KFH for primetime football Sunday night. Bears visiting Chargers, or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at kickoff. Of course, you heard Thursday night football uh, right there on KFH and on the Odyssey app last night as the Bills get it done against the Buccaneers. All right, Tommy, let's talk about this uh, Royal Stadium story that is coming back into the news. The KC Star putting out an article yesterday uh, that basically says this billion-dollar Royal Stadium would be more like $4.4 to $6.4 billion if the stadium sales tax and other payments required by the current lease agreement extended 40 years beyond its expiration date in 2031. Um, that is garnering some hot take, quick reaction of like, See, I told you so. Like four, you know, six billion. I, I've got mixed. I got mixed thoughts on that. That stadium's not going to cost six billion dollars, Tommy. Like it's not. They, it, well, let me uh, let me rephrase that. If they let it cost that much because they just continued to run out a lease, then that's at the fault of everybody. Like th- that that inflated number is coming from if it's like if you you know if you buy a a $100,000 home, right, and put it on a 30-year mortgage and don't ever pay it off early, you're going to end up paying like three times what the home was bought for. That's not news. Like, yeah. we we all know that's how this works, right? Well, of course, if the initial price tag is that, but you pay interest on a billion dollars for 40 years, that's going to increase the cost. So I, I think that now, you, but you can look at that two ways. Like, you got to understand that if you're the public and tax, so that's how anything works like this. So if you didn't understand that before, then this article does a nice job of, like, the reality of this, everybody, is this is what it could ultimately cost. But that's not like some deceptive, you know, it, it's different than if they said the price tag is going to be a billion dollars to get it built and it was $6 billion to get it built. That That's not the case. Right. Well, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that, it's also building in inflation and insurance and like right. some of those other things into that number. I mean, it's the same way, like you mentioned the example of buying a house. You buy a house in 1980, it's going to cost you more to live in that house in right. 2023, yeah. right? Because everything is more expensive now than it was Correct. 40 years ago. Um, so I, I do, I think that, yeah, there are some hot takes that are available with this. Also, I think there's some cautionary things. For the sure. public in Kansas City to yeah. recognize that, you know, this while there may be a, a price tag, the amount that taxpayers are actually going to pay throughout a number of years may, in fact, be more. I think the biggest thing that comes down on this, at least for me, is I just go back to what we've talked about multiple times. I don't think there's an appetite for this in Kansas City. I right. really don't. I think this is a John Sherman and the Royals organization you know, really like have this major desire for either a downtown ballpark or just a ballpark somewhere else away from the Truman Sports Complex. And I'm not sure 
that regardless if the price tag is the price tag or if it's like four times more expensive, regardless of that, I'm just not sure that there's an appetite from the public to pay for this. Look, you have to get into the the fundamentals of it. And clearly Frank White, who is a former royal and I is he a county commissioner up there. I, yeah. I, I mean, I get the impression that he does not want this to happen because he doesn't right. believe in the benefit of it. And that's a former Royals player. I, I think that there have been enough studies that show like – it is not worth it to the taxpayer, right, it, from a strict dollars and cents. The economic development of stadiums is never, never as high as it's presented. It's that way downtown Wichita right now, Tommy. Like, But it's that way always, right? It's really any development. Right? These, these, pe- these people come in in their fancy suits and they tell everybody, oh, this is going to, you know, this is going to make us. X amount of dollars. And it's like, who does it make X amount of dollars? Like, are you going to make all this money and then give me a tax rebate? No, it makes you a lot right. of money. And, and in an ideal world, it spurs business for other people to make some money. But there have been enough studies now that show that doesn't actually happen. Um, and so you've got things like SoFi Stadium where the you know the owner just foot the, foots the bill and keeps a profit. And, and I don't – like, fundamentally – that's where you have to make your decision on this is, you know, do you as a taxpayer, do you want to pay that much money to keep the team there? Because it's not going to be like a worthwhile investment dollars and cents wise. I don't think it ever is. But it, it you know, it's just is there enough benefit in having it there to bring people into your region to help the businesses around the area? All that stuff is what you have to think about and and decide if that's worth it. It's never going to be worth it just because a stadium generates X amount of dollars. No, it doesn't. It generates X amount right. of dollars for the owner. But It you can know. generate X amount of jobs, and I know Correct. that they've been touting that. Yeah. But, I mean, how many of those jobs are currently filled at the current exactly. stadium? You exactly. know what I mean? Like, yeah. how many new jobs right. is it going to bring to whatever yep. location they end up deciding? I, mean, I think that's the real question. But, I mean, the thing about any of these billionaires that are able to do this is that they can easily, you would think finance it on their own. You want a billion dollar ballpark. You can go to a bank or you can go to private equity or you can go to whatever, you know, and get something financed in that way to make it happen. So you don't have to pass that burden down to the taxpayers. But the reality is a bank may look at that investment and say, uh, no, it's not solvent. Right. Right. Like, and that's why, there's so much pressure to get public tax dollars in there because maybe it's not solvent if it's fully privately funded. Now, I think with SoFi, you had somebody so rich that they could just foot the bill. But if it has to be financed, we're dealing with I mean, with John this. Sherman doesn't have – John Sherman, no. I mean, from what I know, right. he, he's not liquid enough to just be able to so, build a stadium and pay for it himself. Scale it down, Tommy. This is what, according to you know the Wichita Eagles, like this is what Wichita's dealing with right now. You've got development groups that are like, look, if there's not more public dollars come in, we can't develop this area. The bank won't give us the loan. Why is right. that? Because the bank probably doesn't see it as like a as a as a tangible like no, that's not a good investment. Like we, we've gotten into the business world. The lending piece of that is insanely difficult because banks don't want to take that risk right now. And so if they don't think that basically if they don't like your idea, you better either have the down money, right? Or you better find the down money. And so And like, on top of that, I mean don't forget that if you have it publicly funded through tax dollars, 
you don't have to pay that back. Right, exactly. Of course, the bank's going to be like, right? yeah, great. Yeah. Tax dollars, we know that's going to be there. So, right. yeah, like, that's why these owners want to do this. And, and, and I think to some degree, they want to do it because they know it's not going to work otherwise. Like, unless you just had the cash, you're never going to be able to get the loan to do the deal without the tax dollars. I mean, I, you can scale that to whatever size you want to. It, it's just like the, the, you can argue till you're blue in the face, but if the bank doesn't think it's a good business idea, they're not going to give you the loan. So public right. tax dollars, right? So here's what gets really interesting about this, and I think this is a part of what the Royals are doing here. You've got Mayor uh, Quentin Lucas in Kansas City who is clearly – well – I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know that he's clearly pro-stadium, but I think he's pro, like, we've got to evaluate this a little better as a community than the way it's being presented, which is it's way too expensive, it'll never work. His tweet last night, and he chimed in on it a bunch of times, was basically, here's what he said, y'all going to mess around and lose the Chiefs too. So, and I think he's not wrong there. The Royals are leveraging the Chiefs, Tommy. Like, that's, to me, and this is, like, you go way back, and I, I, I think sometimes it's good to read between the lines. When the Chiefs floated out the idea of coming to Kansas, I, I think I said it here, Jad. I certainly said it in, in maybe Jad. I was like, look, Kansas is about to get sports betting. Like, that is slogged along. The Chiefs are doing this, and the Chiefs have very— the NFL has said, like, we want betting to be a part of this stuff. I said if the Chiefs are interested in potentially coming to Kansas— Right now, Kansas can beat Missouri by pushing through betting. Boom. Fastest state to ever push through that legislation like that. Don't think that it's not a real possibility that the Chiefs could come over here. Because I thought from the very beginning, that's, that's why you saw bipartisan like cooperation on getting through sports betting. Because it maybe, just maybe, right. gives the state of Kansas a chance at the Chiefs. Well, Mayor Lucas clearly up there thinks that you better be careful here or the Chiefs are going to leave. And the Royals know that. It's almost like they're leveraging their connection to the Chiefs to get this investment because of the fear of losing the Chiefs. And that's a legitimate fear. Talking about the Royals and the Chiefs are two very different things. The economic driver of an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team are two very different things, right? The Chiefs just brought Kansas City Super Bowls and Super Bowl parades and an NFL draft experience, and, like, all of this stuff, that's not coming to Kansas City because of the Royals, Tommy. It's coming to Kansas right. City because of the Chiefs. So you've got the mayor, then, of Kansas City. Like, everybody needs to cool it, and we really have to evaluate this because if this goes sideways, we could lose the Chiefs. So it's almost, and this is where the Royals, as business people, are being rather shrewd, Tommy, because it's like, well, you know, you might lose the Chiefs if you don't give us this new stadium. Like, we're kind of tied together here. Like, we have what we get, they get. And so it's like it's either the Royals leveraging the Chiefs or the Chiefs using the Royals as, like, this pawn to see what the appetite is. I don't know what it yeah. is. So, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, you, uh, you know, say that the the Royals are out there, like, you know, basically leveraging the Chiefs. And I don't disagree with that, but I also think the Royals are a little bit of the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Like the happiest the happiest person in all of this, in my opinion, is probably Clark Hunt because he knows that his organization is not taking the fire. John Sherman and the Royals are. 
And, you know, they can kind of step out a little bit, you know, and, and see what the appetite is and see, you know, kind of get all the criticism lobbed at them while the Chiefs kind of sit back and say, well, we're just kind of waiting to see what happens. And then once everything kind of gets into place, then the Chiefs can make their move and not have to deal with, you know, probably as much of the public criticism. I, I think that there is a likelihood that one or both of these franchises eventually moves across the border for sports betting, for the fact that you don't have to worry about total relocation of the franchises, which is something that has to go through a major process, and it's really difficult and, and can get really messy. We've seen that happen multiple times over the history of the, NA, of the NFL and Major League Baseball. If they just move across the border, they can still be the Kansas City Royals or the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think that that eventually may end up being something that happens, especially if on the Missouri side, there isn't the desire to take care of, you know, getting a new stadium and all of that. And I'm not even suggesting that it's the right thing to do right. for Missouri. Like if I'm a resident in Missouri, I'm not sure I want to use my tax dollars to do this. Well, wouldn't you rather just live in another surrounding county and, and sure. get the benefit of it take without having to pay it. for it? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Jad, what's up? I was just going to say, yes, you did say that. I mean, I, I do remember that. I agree. And, and it's like I said, they have the, all that shovel-ready area right over there Correct. by the uh, right over there by the the, the right NASCAR the track, race track, yeah, yeah, the yeah. race track, yeah, it, Kansas Speedway, and all of that. Look, there's appeal to. It. I don't think it. I, I think the Royals, if if the Royals don't do the current deal, they'll just go up into the into a different county in the city. It sounds like they have their two proposals. They're doing that. The Chiefs though are, won't be tethered to them if that happens. Like the North Kansas City one. I, I think the Chiefs, because if I could, and, and I do not take this as gospel because I don't pay attention to the politics in Kansas City. I don't know it, but I'm pretty sure that I've seen that that lease, right, that currently exists. If they stay in that county, it would be an extension of that lease. And by extending that lease, Kansas City, the Chiefs would just automatically get extended too. I think. Right. And if that yeah, happens. I think that's right too. And if that happens, they can just renovate Arrowhead. And, and accomplish yep. the same goal. So, you know, the Chiefs are, are it's, it, I, if, if my instinct is correct, the Chiefs are like, either extend the lease, we'll renovate Arrowhead where it stands, or if you guys go somewhere else, we'll, we'll then open up the bidding and we'll just, we may end up in Kansas or wherever. Because Kansas, yeah. bet this, Kansas will do whatever it takes and bend over and give them whatever incentives, whatever, because Kansas doesn't have anything like that. It would become one of our state's greatest exports to have an NFL team. And we saw also, that with sports betting. Yeah, and speaking of sports betting, my final thought on this, keep your eyes over the next, I don't know, year or so on what happens in the state of Missouri in sports betting. They've been extremely reluctant yep. to pass that. There have been multiple times that the politicians have tried to get it through and it fails every single time. And knowing how intrinsically connected the NFL and sports betting have become, I mean, come on, like, isn't there a sports book or not a sports book, but isn't there a way for people to bet on Chiefs games inside Arrowhead right now? Or at least like there, there's a partnership there. But if they can't bet in the state, like if that's not part of what that state allows at that point, who knows? Who knows what will happen? It's going to be wild to follow it all. Uh, 869-1240 in the IHOP hotline if you want to chime in. We're going to make some picks next as we come up on the hour. On the way out, let's give away some HTO, Jad, uh, so you can get an iced tea, a free iced tea, which has 25 flavors available for you at uh, Wichita's East and West locations as well as in Derby at the new location. Also, you can get a brew house offering, which is all the coffee, hot, iced, whatever you like. 
Uh, lots of good ones there. That's available for you in the east location at Wichita or in Derby. We'll do that for the first caller, 869-1240. We'll make picks. We've got Paul White, the big show, coming in in the second hour as well. It's a wild and crazy Friday here on Sports Daily with Albrock and Castor. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T Mobile. You can count on T Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 